Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Hello and welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Thanks so much for joining us here today. On today's show, Martin Root, who an uh, international speaker who's been all over the world. He's uh, co-authored Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work with over a million copies sold. You'll hear how he's been consulting and working with companies, allowing them to grow and share uh, his vision for creating on heaven on earth and uh, all the impact and the way that we can do the things that make each of us better on a day-to-day basis. Here's Martin Root. Martin, thanks so much for joining us today here on The Millionaire's Lawyer, all the way from, uh, well, we say sunny Prince Edward Island. Uh, what are things like out there right now? A little cloudy today. Yeah. Generally, this is a, this is a very nice time to be there. I remember fondly my uh, childhood trips with my family out to the island. It was always so special to be there. Well, we should tell people who are not in Canada, it's an, an island off the east coast of Canada. It's the smallest Canadian province, and it's the birthplace of Canada. That's true as well. The birthplace of Canada, obviously important for lawyers, right? As we discussed that, I recall going through all that. Now, what, uh, where are you from there originally? What brought you there? No, I'm from Hamilton, Ontario. What brought me there is what brings a lot of people here, a woman. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Now, you're there, obviously based there, and you do something stateside as well, right? Or have been, I guess, prior well, to COVID? Yes. The, the <laughs> PC, prior to COVID, we spent half the year here and then half the year roughly in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico. So yeah, I go back and forth. Very beautiful. Except with COVID. With COVID, yeah, I mean, all bets are off. I get that. All bets are off. Are there any plans? So, I mean, are there, is there anything in the workings to be back in the Santa Fe area or is it just all on pause? No, this winter we'll stay here again and it's all on pause. Yeah. Yeah. It's just amazing, right? Uh, Another beautiful area, right? Santa Fe, as you talk about that. What, uh, some of the things going, doing back and forth, was was that a lot of the consulting or what was, what was the work that was bringing you back and forth from there? It's an interesting question. In the late 80s, I wanted to go to California. I'd gone to California in about 89, I think, or 88, and I just fell in love. You know, the ideas, Canada was very conservative, closed for me at that time. And California was huge. It was open. It was creative. You know, you want to build a bridge between San Francisco and Hong Kong. What color? They would ask, not can you do it? And so I always wanted to go there. And the end of 89... I went down to California, met with a president of a consulting company there. I was running a consulting and training company in Toronto. And he said, okay, that's, and I wanted to just, you know, set up a a deal whereby if I had clients in the U.S., I could give to him. And he had clients in Canada, he'd give to me. We're doing, going to the meeting. He goes, okay, that's enough. And I said, what? That's enough. I said, what do you mean? He said, I want you to work for me. (laughs) I said, said, no, no, but this is not an employment interview. He said, it is now. (laughs) So I went, wow. And, you know, he made me a very, very good offer. And we packed her all up. And, uh, you know, the little refugees from Canada coming to the States thinking, well, it's pretty well the same as Canada. No, it's not. I lasted there six months and then we moved to LA. And just, I mean, my work just exploded. I picked up in consulting, I picked up Sony Pictures, Southern California Edison, Virgin Records. I mean, uh, I was partner with another guy there, consulted. And I mean, if we looked at you, we got a contract, but that didn't really work. I didn't like LA. 
And a friend asked me to just visit him in, in Santa Fe, and I just, we fell in love. I don't know if you know Santa Fe, but it's an art city. It's, it's hip. They sell pre-COVID three to $400 million worth of art a year. And so that's where I started doing my Chicken Soup book. I'm co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work with, uh, I think we're about a little over 1.1 million copies, New York Times business bestseller, 15 languages. And so that opened that whole speaking, business, consulting. And I was really rocking and rolling, just having a riot. Amazing, isn't it? Uh, And I'm sure, as you said to begin this, like interesting question, right? Because it takes you down that kind of path. And it's interesting as you, you, you connect those things along the way, right? Because it's obviously gone very well. And certainly part by happenstance and part by, you know, your conscious uh, decisions, right? You consciously just chose to move, like you followed some of those paths. Yeah. Is there any steering principle from those things that you can reflect back now to realize? Because I had a sort of similar path. I was down in California and I'm back and forth between uh, Ottawa and the States as well, continue to be so. And there's relationships that have formed along the way and, you know, True. working relationships and personal and friendships. I don't know if I'm asking the question, well, right, but is there an overarching, you know? I think, the overarching theme has been something moves my soul and I go that, and I have a very supportive wife. You know, if I said I wanted to open a butcher shop in Poughkeepsie, Idaho, you know, she would say, fine, let's do it. And so going to the States was my idea. She supported going to LA chicken soup, you know, Jack Canfield, a very old friend of mine, just a little story about how that happened. I was doing all this consulting work and I'd come back from various clients saying to my wife, something's not working. I mean, this was in the days when people were laying off, when companies were laying off people because technology was really coming in, work was going offshore. And the most important thing, JP, was successful companies were laying off people. That had never happened before. That broke the assumed contract between employer and employee. And so people were really down. Three people were being asked to do the work of five, that kind of stuff. So I came back and said, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. And she said, excuse the language, but she said, stop bitching and complaining. You know, let's do a chicken soup book. I went, oh my God. And I phoned Jack and I said, Jackie, I got this idea, blah, 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 chicken soup for the soul work, do it. And uh, by the way, a little Jack Canfield and I do not have a written contract. Wow, isn't that again? It extends the friendship, or maybe the way I asked the question before, right? By how, no, it's not by how, the way you've done things, right? Things have flowed that way for you. Yeah, I said, Jackie, I don't. Once we agreed on the number, I said, Jackie, I don't need a contract from you. Do you need one from me? He said, No. I said, Okay, that's it. We have one with a publishing company, but not between us. Well, amazing. And I don't think you can do that today. No, yeah, I, mean, no, I could, yeah. but you couldn't do that you're today. You're certainly supposed to. You're talking to a lawyer, right? So certainly you're not supposed to. It is done. You, certainly you can do things by handshake. And those are still agreements, right? Uh, and, yes. and, and possibly legally enforceable, but very difficult to do so. So yeah, it's not encouraged, but that's, you know, speaks a testament to the relationship you have. And it's obviously worked out quite well for you. It has very well worked out. Yes, yes, yes. We're still getting our little residual checks after all these years. And so following that, I decided that I also wanted to work because so that was story, right? The chicken soup is about story. And I began to do these workshops in major corporations about storytelling. And what I began to see is it's not just telling the stories from the chicken soup for the soul at workbook, but it's that your business has a story. Part of that story doesn't work. Part of that story does work. How do we encourage what does work? have more of that? How do we take what doesn't work 
and shift that. And particularly at this time, which is hopefully, you know, kind of, well, I hope post-COVID, it's time to look at the stories we tell ourselves about our business, our work, and, which is the segue into the next piece of my work, in, and the stories we tell about the kind of world we want. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of work following that on spirituality and work. Not spirituality, me telling you, because that's not going to work, but spirituality, you telling you about what is spirituality for you at work and how do you nourish that part of your soul. And the more I'm listening to the shifts that are going on in the workplace today, the more I'm seeing that the soul really wants to be fed at work because people, you know, were working at home, people lost their jobs. It was a deep, the silver lining here was it was a deep time for deep reflection. So then one day I was doing, going to do this talk on spirituality and work at a conference and this top thought popped into my mind. If every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? And I said, no, because if we could transform business, we could transform the world because business is the temporal power in the world today. And then JP, this thought popped into my mind, oh my God, you need heaven on earth. And I went, wow, you can't say that. You can't say heaven on earth. And then I thought, well, why not? I can talk to you about hell on earth, can't I? That's a permissible conversation. So these last 25, 30 years have been about an inquiry into what is heaven on earth? Not that I would tell you again, but that you would tell you. And and I've developed three questions that get right at that. But let me just stop there because I've been going on. No, no, it's very interesting. And as you say, I want to get into the questions or some of the things that we ask ourselves. And I think what you're saying is we need to answer for ourselves as well. Yeah. It's such an interesting, so such an interesting concept to say that, uh, you know, want to feed our soul at work. What, uh, if I can back that up, what does feed our soul? I think I heard you say as well, it's maybe very personal for everybody, but what do we mean when we say that? And what are the typical things that people typically say feed their soul? Let me just tell you what I mean. So I want a little context around this. 30 years ago, say, the permissible conversations in the workplace were about research, marketing, sales, HR, all those traditional business questions and uh, conversations. And then issues about the person, my career, what am I going to do with my career? And then more of the parts of the human that didn't work. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug abuser. I'm gay. I'm black. I'm a woman. Oh, you can't talk about that. You can't talk about that. But we found ways to talk about those subjects that were useful to the individual and to the enterprise. The last thing on that spectrum, I think, is your soul. Because generally, the only place you can feed your soul is at home or at places of worship. But you can't feed it in the workplace. You can destroy the soul. You can diminish the soul. That's perfectly okay. And, you know, I remember a vice president of a company I spoke to once, and I said, Steve, how's it going? And he said, brutal. I mean, I've never heard that word used in a corporate setting. And he was serious. And I thought, oh, my God. So... The question about soul at work is, what would nourish your soul at work? I can't come in with the answer because even if the answer is correct, it's me telling you. Rather, I want to evoke the answer from you. And so the question is, again, what will or what does nourish your soul at work? If you go into that inquiry and start taking some simple little step every day, you'll see how, in fact, you have agency here to begin to do that. And that's where that whole conversation went. Okay, great. Let's continue that conversation because I hear you. 
And uh, as I say, I understand it's obviously very personal, uh, what feeds your soul at work, but you're able to guide people through that process. Uh, yes. So let's continue down through that process. All right. So the next question became, because as I said earlier, the next question became heaven on earth, you know, a really like broader sense of what would feed my soul. So what is heaven on earth for yourself, your relationships, your business, your work, your nation, and our world? That to me seemed like a very, very important question to ask now because, and this fits back to story again, <clears throat> the story of the world I think currently is in trouble. The pandemic is affecting us globally. The environment, look at what's going on in British Columbia, look at what's going on in Oregon. They can see the fires from space, they're that big. The smoke comes across the continent. We are being affected. There are lightning storms I read about today in the Arctic, which have, have never been seen before. Okay, and then the third one, of course, is the threat of nuclear weapons. These are existential threats to humanity. So the story called what we are as a human and what we are as humanity isn't working. Therefore, we're more willing to discuss things that were not discussable five, 10 years ago. Namely, what's our vision for the whole shooting match? And that is what's heaven on earth. So if you're willing, let me take you through. The Let's three do this. Yeah, earth. no, absolutely. Good. So question one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What was going on? Uh, I At my cottage would be one, I think uh, in a work-related being on stage or being uh, presenting being uh, in front of a group presenting. All right, now, pretend that you have a magic wand. And with this wand, this is question two, you have a magic wand, with this wand, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth? Having on earth is, I guess, being able to do that from a cottage type environment, right? Or an environment, oh my goodness, very interesting time for that as well, right? But uh, yeah, being able to do that in a beautiful environment, flexibly and, uh, presenting and giving back or presenting to people in a way that feels good. Very good. And then the third question, what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to move that forward? To simple, concrete step to work with my team to allow that to uh, continue to be. To be. Uh, so I've got a great team and uh, ensure that they understand that that is one thing that feeds me and allows me to do that. And uh, ideally speaking with them, similar question to make sure that their lines are, you know, they've got the same kind of feeling they can from the work they're doing to support that. Excellent. So let's go through the three questions. Question one, recall a time you experienced heaven on earth, what was going on? And you said, being in my cottage and being on stage presenting, what you did not do and what no one does is say, Martin, what do you mean by heaven on earth? How do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't define it. I didn't say this is heaven on earth. No. What that says to me, JP, is that people have what I call an already knowing about what heaven on earth is. And so the moment I ask you that question, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth, you go right to it. You know, because you do know. And the second question, here's a magic wand. What's heaven on earth for you? The reason for the magic wand is to remove the necessity of having to know how. And if you don't have to know how, bang, you go right into it. People know what heaven on earth is. And then the third question, I don't want to just leave it. The second question with you, I want to actually have you engage with that simply, easily, concretely, and in the next 24 hours, so that you begin to get, oh, oh, I'm really moving forward on this. I'm really helping to co-create heaven on earth. Once you do that, you're in. 
And notice that it was, none of this was imposed. None of this was proselytized upon you. None, it was all evoked from you. The premise being that you, we know. Yeah. And this is a, you know, a philosophy that I uh, continue to share on this show and hope uh, that uh, I've been able to guide other people to is we get to create it. It's like you said, we already know, and then we can take the conscious steps to actually create it as well. There, listen to your language. We can take the, we can, we have the ability to take the conscious steps, tiny little steps to make that happen. Yes. Now, jump it to a global level, right? And all of a sudden, the new story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity starts to emerge. If you go on Google and look at the phrase heaven on earth in quotes 2020, and then heaven on earth 2021, at the end of June, halfway through this year, 20, uh, whenever th this is 2021, we are up 112% over the entirety of last year in English. Those numbers are also huge in Chinese, in Russian. Something's going on in the world, JP, underneath the turmoil on top of the surface of the ocean going, this is not working. We need a new story. And if we need a story, why don't we go for the one we really, really our souls hunger for? Let's co-create heaven on earth. I know at first it sounds nuts, but once you're in, well, of course, why was, hello. Yeah, yeah. And it's employing the exact same methodology. As you say, asking the same questions, why can't we do? Now, how do you communicate at that, those broader levels? I suspect this is one way right here, right? We now have all these uh, technologies and mediums. Yeah, so how do we take conscious steps to put that into place? So what for me personally, to do a couple of things, I have my book. Let me, just, I'm just holding up my book yes. here. You can, yeah, we want to get to the book, Project Heaven on Earth, right? No, there's another title implied in the same title. <laughs> just Heaven on Earth? No, Project Heaven on Earth. Oh, interesting, Project Heaven on Earth. Okay, I take that then as well, yes. Project the noun and project the verb. So Project Heaven on Earth. The book is really a blueprint. It starts with the three questions and it goes through the seven different gateways that I found that people consistently talk about, about how to create, co-create heaven on earth, whether it's internal, external, ending a suffering, relationships. But so each of those seven gateways are discussed in detail in the book. And there are worksheets to help you discover what your gateway is so that by the time you finish the book, you are clear, this is my heaven on earth project, whatever it is. And we'll, I want to talk about some of the projects that are coming up, that have come up, because this is much more than a good idea. This is actually being made real globally now. Do you want some examples? Let's do this. All right. So I was interviewed like you by a guy, an editor publisher of a newspaper in Dehradun, India. He wrote me, I didn't know where the heck that was, Northwest India. So we had this conversation that I had lovely interview. And at the end of which I said, okay, what are you going to do? And he said, what? Well, what are you going to do? And anyway, long story short, on the masthead of his newspaper, every time it's published in capital letters, it says Dehradun, I have it on our city. So people in Dehradun see that, see that see that, see that. He's normalizing that phrase. We have a man from Gabon, Africa, now in Montreal, who, when I, I did a webinar on, on heaven on earth, and he went crazy, said, that's it, that's it. I don't want heaven on earth for my country, Gabon, only. I've always wanted to do something for my continent. So he started a project on Facebook called Africa, a heaven on earth continent. 
blew me away. We have a real estate agent who's suffering in the world was homelessness, real estate agent, of course. Well, not of course, but in her case, yes. And so she started a program called A Home for Everyone. She asked all the agents in her office to contribute voluntarily $100 off each commission check. All they had to do was say yes once, and the mechanism was set up. They raised, last time I spoke, over $400,000. And each year they hand out grants to individuals or groups who are doing whatever is necessary from their point of view to create a home for everyone. I have a woman in Austria who's taken on the country of Austria as a heaven on earth nation. I said, Elizabeth, oh my, I mean, that's so cute. Why are you doing that? And in very kind of curt voice, she said, well, Martin, because it's simple. She was the one who taught me about the, the power of simple. I don't know what your simple is, but you do. A police officer in Texas created a 16-page manual called Heaven on Earth for Law Enforcement. So the ideas, if you think of Project Heaven on Earth as a context, like a software program, when you get a new software program and boot it up, what it says to you is, look, here's some new possibilities, opportunities that you never had before, but I can't go forward until you put your content in. That's what Project Heaven on Earth. It's now saying, metaphorically, you can have heaven on earth. What is that for you? And how will you begin to make that real? So again, this is much more than a good idea. We have people all around the world doing this. Yeah, they're just doing it, as you say. And I want to go back to a comment you just made. I'm not sure if you said she was from Austria, but she said it's simple. What do you mean by that? What did she mean by that? When I said, what's your project? What's your heaven on earth project, Elizabeth? She said, quote, Austria is a heaven on earth nation. In my listening was like, holy mackerel, that's big. And so I said, Elizabeth, why did you say that? And she was like, so it was so obvious to her. Well, Martin, because it's simple. She taught me that I don't know what your simple is. But you do. When you discover what your simple is, you'll do it. I'm having a conversation later today with a consultant in San Francisco whose project, we're just talking about this early stages, is (laughs) business and capitalism as agents of heaven on earth. Wow. Mind-boggling. Yes. Mind, all the way down to a woman in Mexico who smiles at two people a day. That is her heaven on earth project. I don't know what yours is, but you do. And once you find that, you're off and running. Mm -hmm. And that's where people connect with their passion as well. That's the thing that uh, really does drive people to greater, right? To a greater good. I think so. I really do think so. It's time for greater good. And this gives you a vehicle to do that by your definition. Uh, so the book, how do people find this book? How do they, uh, the how, book, do, yep. yeah, how do they learn the more of people that may be thinking of their own heaven on earth project right now or projecting their own heaven on earth? <laughs> you notice how you went back and forth on the two words. So a couple of things, go to Amazon, very simple. Look up project heaven on earth by Martin Root, R-U-T-T-E, simple Amazon project heaven on earth. Also go, and I'm asking you to buy three books, not one. I'm asking you to buy three books, one for you, one for somebody you know right in your life right now, who is that person who needs this, and one for somebody who's going to come into your life so that you become a heaven maker. Also on my website, projectheavenonearth.com, you can sign up for my free seven-day course, which will also get you 
the free weekly blog comes out every Sunday morning. What that does, JP, is it normalizes heaven on earth because you see it from all these different facets and you go, oh yeah, well, okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. It's normal, it's normal, it's normal. Exactly. Yeah, and those principles of normalizing, uh, I mean, applying to this and I mean, for whatever area that you're working on, can certainly be doing with that. Is there a group or a community that's formed around this as well? Is there a way to interact with others? Yes. If you join the, the take the free heaven on earth seven day course, you'll also be invited to join the Facebook group. So all of that's already been set up. And I mean, your questions get at it. You know, how are we scaling this? So another way that I'm scaling this is that I keep looking for people who have high leverage, like the guy who, you know, doing Africa, heaven on earth nation, the woman in, in Austria, the police officer, they come up with a project that has such widespread impact that's so elegantly simple for them. And that spreads it. Yeah. Just, just like that. Right. I mean, that's again, a principle that applies in, in many respects, right. To, it just grows from there. Martin, yeah. that's wonderful stuff. Really appreciate it. Appreciate having you on to discuss this with us and sort of open it to us. I like to leave these shows with, and I, you kind of did it earlier, but it's like something that we can take with us through the rest of the day or the rest of the week to have a positive impact. I, I think the way you, you're always phrasing it in bigger terms like that, heaven on earth, but you know, for somebody in their day-to-day, professionally or personally, what's something that you know, you've learned through the years that they can, that they can put into practice? Uh, something that you know will actually will lead to the better that we're t- we've been t- discussing here today. Go to my website, projectheavenonearth.com and look for the three questions, the three questions that I just asked you. And ask people, ask people at work that you're comfortable with, ask people, friends, ask your family. I have a guy in British Columbia who's just begun to do that. He's already asked a dozen people and he's just blown away by the results. So this is a way to normalize it for you and for others and for you to become a heaven maker. Here's the final thought. Let's say that you speak to two people today about heaven on earth. Let's just say you agree to do that and ask those two people to then speak to two people the following day. So day one, you'll have two people. Day two, you will have six. Two from day one, four from day two, and so on and so on and so on. There are 7.8 billion people in the world. How long do you think, if everybody does that, asks only two people who have never been asked before, and asks them to ask two people the next day, how long will it take to do that, to cover the world? Yeah, you, you're asking me to like, so that's just that's I, yeah. simple math, right? Or simple math ex, ex, extrapolation. Uh, probably right. only takes a, a month or two, right? To, to get to that spot. Right on right on the button, yeah. 32 days. 32 days to do that. Yeah, it's amazing. As you say, it's the, yeah, the multiplying factor. So yeah. Multi- it's, yeah, it's, you know, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, and so on. Very quickly. Very powerful stuff. Very powerful stuff. Martin, thanks so much for joining us here today on The Millionaire's Lawyer. I look forward to hearing more about your project and perhaps an update in the future when we actually are much closer to achieving heaven on earth. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's jpmcavoy.com.